Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Crash Couch. This is Lou, and um, I, I, I'm kind of running the show tonight because Chris isn't here. We're actually doing a book discussion tonight, and of course, Chris doesn't read, so you know, we're not going to have him here. Uh, <laughs> I kind of joke a little bit, but Chris is looking forward to coming back to us once the season starts, and um, we are going to dive into the latest book here, but we're going to give some news first uh, and, and some thoughts on the trailer that's been released and so forth. But I want to introduce my two co-hosts with me tonight that are kind of helping me uh, nail down the stuff about the book here. Um, of course, we have Andrea. Andrea, how are you tonight? Good. Excited to talk about the book, something that we rarely do on this show. I know. We can't, <laughs> we can't with Chris around, so it's like, ugh. But um, to, it's also good to just seriously. talk about Expanse. We haven't done this in so long. It's been, what, two, three months since we recorded an episode, I think. Yeah, since December. So I'm really excited to see what we have to say about everything that's been going on. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to start picking up. Yeah, it already is. We're getting some news. We yeah. got a we got a release date. We're getting we got a little teaser trailer, and uh, you know I'm getting excited that we're getting more stuff. And, and I've, I've I've listened to the book twice now, so haven't actually read a page, but I've listened to it twice, and it just gets more and more <laughs> exciting every time I listen to it. Um, yeah. Our other host tonight is Shannon. Shannon, how are you? I am super stoked because I love to talk about the experience. Awesome. It's good good to have you on here. And I know you're you're probably as much or more of a fan than, than anybody else around here is, so it's awesome to have you here. I try not to say things like that, so that's okay. We can we can talk about it like that. We can brag a little bit on our own selves. So that's good. That's good. Um, so I guess uh, some bookkeeping stuff out of the way first. Uh, we did get the announcement for the release date of the first episode for season three, which is exciting. We're April eleventh, two thousand eighteen is gonna be the new release date. And um, it's me area at 9 p.m. now, um, and, and I guess it was 10 p.m. last year. I, I don't listen. I don't watch the shows live ever. I don't watch any TV live except for maybe when the Olympics was on. But, uh, you know, so I, I don't know when anything's around. I watch them on DVR. I watch you them were on phone. up at 3 a.m. watching hockey? No, I was. no, not that one. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. That's right. Oh, well, you know, I was so positive. Team. Only for the women's team. That's no, true. no, no, no. Because no. the U.S. Help. team had a worse time with the Olympics. <laughs> the U.S. men. <laughs> the the, 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 the U.S. men. Win gold. How did we have a worse time? No, U.S. men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. They were uh, awful. They were. They were. They, they got ousted <laughs> in what the quarterfinals? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's too bad. But we're not here to talk about hockey. We're here to talk about the Expanse. So, um, is there any other news that I've missed besides um, the, the announcement of the date? Because I try to stay spoiler-free. I don't look for stuff out there on, on the show because I want to be surprised just in the mm-hmm. fact that what they do differently than the books. So, uh, anything else I've missed? Uh, well, there was. I didn't read the article because I was too busy laughing about it. But they did announce that they are going to be allowed to air... I don't know how many, but at least some f bombs now on Sci-Fi. Oh, that's um, right. I didn't hear about those. that. Yeah. Yeah, which you know, since it got you know, if it was still at ten, I wouldn't have as many questions. <laughs> but now that it's on at nine, I wonder just how many they're going to be given because mm. nine is considered still prime time, not right. like. Yeah. Later in the evening when Ten you usually... Ten is considered late prime time, right. Yeah, because right. uh, that's when I started hearing it thrown around on US... Not the F-bomb, but like I remember the first time, you know, bullshit was thrown around on um, yeah, it, you know, it, on it, USA. It's funny. Like, Television's yeah. gotten more and more open over the years. And, and, and I, you know, I, I don't want to sound like an old fuddy-duddy when I say this, but it's like when I was a kid, you know, none of that was even, you know, yeah. remotely yeah. said. And my wife and I were watching something a, a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, and somebody dropped the D word and we, we both kind of looked at each other. We paused <laughs> and we were like, did they just say that on, 
really? Yeah. really? Uh, I mean, it doesn't offend me, but I'm like, I was surprised. I was like, wow. I, I think it's uh, <clears throat> the cable networks mostly. Because um, yeah. AMC, I heard, has changed to allow some stuff too. I don't know... Um, like at what level it changed if it was like an FCC like said this was cool or if right, like right. it was always allowed they just never pushed it but um sci-fi is one of those channels that not like a ton of kids are going to have access to anyway like not that many people have it um cuz i have a ton of friends who love the expanse and don't have sci-fi really um oh, yeah i thought it was pretty ubiquitous out there at most cable companies but uh, michelle a lot of places my it depends on your like the package you get mm. um i live with my parents and my dad god forbid cannot live without a thousand channels so <laughs> i'm set i'm square um but yeah i know a lot of people like it's not always common in like the smaller packages and everything. i mean i'm in philly so like comcast owns everything mm -hmm. so i don't know if it's that it's easier for people to have comcast um because it is a an nbc universal channel so right. um you know it, it's it'll be interesting to see how much they can actually do at 9 p.m um i'm pretty stoked about that i'm also just pretty stoked about the content of the trailer even if it wasn't a lot i think uh holden's narration is a big uh, yeah, I was big exclamation that. point mm -hmm. on the season. It, yeah, it's um, whoever hasn't seen it, they they really should because what Holden said in the narration really just comes to show what we're going to be seeing. I mean, yeah. we left off in a really sticky situation, so. Um, what he says, we've all made mistakes. Each of us has demons, regrets, a past that haunts us. But now it's time to decide if we'll let those mistakes define us. And that's very powerful. And then in war, um, we not only have to face our enemies, we must um, fight the battle within ourselves. It's time to find out who we really are. And I yep. think that's pretty much where we left off at the very end of season two, trying to find out who we are and what is going to be the outcome of the decisions that they've made. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. Yeah. And a lot of things we've heard the, cause we've heard very little, but a lot of things we've heard, I know they've already said that Holden starts to come into his own this season so to have you know to have Holden narrating it and him saying you know it's time to find out who we really are uh, I think that's very important I think that's a little bit of a foreshadowy for Holden himself um, and then you know we have Naomi who has to struggle with her identity being on a ship of you know inner planet types uh, and now we have the fallout of her making a decision for the for belters instead of her crew and her family. Mm -hmm. um, we have, you know, Amos has been struggling with his past. So we'll probably see more of a resurgence there. And then Alex too, is another one who's opening up to, you know, people outside of, of Martian influence. Um, and then, you know, now we're going to find out Fred, you know, where does Fred stand now mm -hmm. that he has mm -hmm. the protomotic molecule? Um, where does anybody stand with this new, uh, where is the protomolecule monsters going? Yeah. You know, because now we know there's more of them. So the Martian deal isn't dead, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, See, so there's just a lot. Yeah. It, you know, one of the hard times I have with the show and the books in general is just that I I, I, I can't separate the stuff in my head sometimes. And I'm always like, okay, mm -hmm. is that, was that book <laughs> yeah. or was that TV or what what happened <laughs> and, and where is that going on? So it, it, it's, a, it's a tough struggle, I think, for, for some people that, you know, 
Wh- where is that going? And, and where are they going to take this aspect of it? And then what right. happened? And you go, oh, wait, no, that didn't happen because that was in the book and it wasn't in the TV series. <laughs> yeah. And I think we're getting, you know, every season we get a little bit more of a divergent path than we had in the books. And yet yeah. they still bring some stuff back in again. You're like, oh, oh yeah, okay, that works too. It, it, it's yeah. done differently, but it works. Um, I thought it would be weird if they didn't give Fred the protomolecule. So part of me was thinking that was going to happen somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, every time Naomi would look at the paths, I got anxious. She's like, what if she doesn't give it to Fred? Right. Like... Because I, you know, it's such a big plot point in the books that he has it that it mm-hmm. didn't, it, you know, I it didn't come to me that it, he, she wouldn't give it to him. But like the shows were have been like doing things so differently. I was like, oh, what if she does it? Um, yeah. Right. What if right. she gives it to somebody else? And like, I won't, you know, talk about who she might give it to or speculate that because those are spoilers. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where the book thing came to pass, but through like a more meandering path and it came to pass in the second arc rather than the first arc mm-hmm. yeah so you know it's and, eh. and, and the other problem is now in the books I mean, we're so far beyond that arc oh yeah that it's like i, oh, I have yeah. a hard time thinking back to okay what really did happen you know in that book and every <laughs> you now find and then, yourself rereading and it's like oh yeah, now yeah. i understand yeah i, right, I mean right. after, after season two ended i did go back and reread um, oh, definitely, the first yeah. six books again and i yeah. still have a hard time with books Four, five, and six. I, they don't fit as well. Well, it's because I think four, 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 especially each book. Okay, I was just talking about this at work, so this is a good thing for me to talk about. Okay. I literally just talked about this. Um, book four. Every, every single book has a little something that's important to the larger arc rather mm-hmm. than the current arc. And book four w- both had its own small arc, but was also huge for the larger arc. And I think you know, three, three had a lot to do with the larger arc too, obviously, because four would not have happened without three. Right. Well, uh, you obviously, know, I mean, I'm not going to say the arcs because exactly, I don't want to spoil it. Exactly. But, and, you know, I mean, one, two, and three play together as one good cohesive story yeah. to me. And, and then yeah, four, five, and that, six yeah. build to the point where seven really, when you get to seven, you're like, oh, okay, now all those little things kind of make more sense to yeah. me. Yeah. I think four, and five, I mean, and six mean more yeah. to me now that I've read seven. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, especially now that I started rereading it later than I probably should have because, you know, life. And also I was waiting to find out when I should start rereading Caliban's War. Um, But, you know, I I already found a character in it that I completely missed their return. Yeah. And I I was like, how did I miss this first time? I know personally why, and I'll go into it when we talk about the book. Mm -hmm. But, you know, going back, because I picked up the other, like, insinuation return mm-hmm. very easily but i completely missed the actual character being right there okay the other one and so like it's one of those things where okay things are starting to make more sense things are starting to like i'm starting to figure out all these little clues you left but i honest i love the personal arc of book four i know a lot of people don't like book four like i i'm one of the people that loves it but then again, I'm also very easy to please. Um, <laughs> the, the important thing is that it's coming to an end. And because it's coming to an end, we're going to start seeing all those puzzle pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. And things that didn't make sense before are going to start making sense yep. now. Right. And the we're going to start trilogy. getting... Right, uh, right. And it, it just, it's crazy. Well, but yes, we're going to start getting that. Yeah, well, I tell you, let, let's actually stop the discussion right now. Let's um, kind of mm. let people know that we're going to talk about the books now. 
And we're going to talk about the books now. Well, we're going to talk about them and we're going to say spoilers. (laughs) So, um, we've always been pretty good on the show here about not spoiling stuff that we have ahead of time. And we've always been very good about not spoiling stuff for Chris who hasn't read the books and he's not here. So we're going to spoil the hell of everything tonight. (laughs) Um, So if you haven't read the books, um, you know, first shame on you. And then second of all, um, you know, just end the podcast now and come back to this after you've read the books. Um, yeah, we're gonna... go read all of them if you haven't read any of them. Exactly. So, uh, I'll see you in two months. <laughs> Talk to me about this episode as if I recorded it yesterday and see how much of it I remember. <laughs> um, you totally, totally, totally derailed me there, Shannon. Too. I was like, come on, Shannon. That's okay. Um, so yeah, so. <laughs> It, you know the books themselves. We're we're going to talk about all the books leading up to seven. We're going to mainly talk about seven tonight. But we're going to give a little bit of stuff about the earlier ones. I think we may want to go back and do episodes um, on each one of the books just to have those on on, on recording and, and talk about them. But um, so now everybody's been warned. They've had enough time to hit the pause button and, and stop the podcast so they don't get spoiled. Um, so where do you guys want to start with our discussion of um, book seven? and or leading into book seven. Um, I think I might have a nice way to do a transition because I know that you said you, you wanted to pick up and review a little bit of what was happening in the previous books sure. before we jump to, to this one. Um, last year, um, it was said that, and this is something that Shannon touched upon, that the last three books will be one big plot um, coming to that end that we've all been waiting for just to see what's going to happen to the characters that we really like. Um, So because this is the first book of the trilogy, and I say that in quotations, um, my first reactions were of dread. There's a lot of hopelessness coming out of this book. Um, and so looking back at previous books, so we have Leviathan Wakes, Caliban War, and Abaddon's Gate, those three books are part of one trilogy that looks at the, um, discovering the Mm protomolecule, life outside of, um, our own. Um, the, the other three books, um, four, five, and six are all about the fallout of the protomolecule and also um, the expansion of the universe. And now going into the, um, and I'm going to say the name wrong and it's going to kill me. Persepolis. No, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yeah. It's Persepolis. Yes. All points. Um, (laughs) Persepolis rising is all about, that expansion of the universe and what has been going on in that time gap that we, a lot of us kind of got slapped in the face with controversial time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you know what, Mm. what I like about the books is that they're very realistic and in order for them to build a universe the way that they have, they do need that realistic time jump because in two years, three years, they're not going to be able to build as much as what they've built. So it's justified but it's also a gut punch because you're like, oh my gosh, my yeah. characters are so right. old now. That, that, I mean, that uh, was the gut punch to me was that yeah. you know, the the ship is older, the crew is older. I'm like, oh, yeah. but now it doesn't feel the same. They're not going to do the same cool stuff with the ship. And, you know, it's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> For me, it was more um, like I didn't mind the time jump until we got to points where it actually affected interpersonal stuff. And it didn't. Uh, have the same impact because it didn't feel 
like a full conflict. Yeah. And I have that in my notes. Like I'll talk about it more specifically, okay. but I'm sure you can think of what I mean when I say that. Like the the relationships, the growth, like I can see where it would have started, but it feels like a giant leap to not also have gotten to see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But like I said, I have a particular plot where I'm going to discuss it. But like generally, yeah, like I liked the time. It didn't bother me. And anti-aging meds are a thing. I mean, Holden and Naomi still like (laughs) had shower hate sex or whatever. (laughs) But um, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't hate sex, but it was I mean, she shoved him into a wall. But um, that's all Shannon cares about. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh my God, they're old." I'm like, Naomi literally shoved Holden into a wall and made out with him. <laughs> like, I think they're fine. Um, but you know, I mean, those two were the youngest, though, so I don't. Sure, sure. Um, so, so but, just, just to build on what Andrew's saying for a minute, though, I mean, I- yeah. in my opinion, on the books themselves, I mean, Leviathan Wakes was just. Amazing. I mean, I mean, it brought you yeah. in. It sucked you in. The the realism of of how they did the space travel stuff was yeah. what caught my attention uh, first because it's just like as if we were two hundred years in the future and how we would do space travel. There's no warp drives. There's you know. There's no kind of really bizarre stuff. Um, and it felt realistic. I mean, the way they wrote that book about the space travel and the, and the space combat, you felt like you were in the ship. You know, I was like, wow, yeah. this is really awesome writing. And the first three books to me did that really well. And it was really seated in this this ground level stuff that we can kind of understand. And then four, five, and six, um, they were a little bit more out there. I mean, I know it was the building of the expansion and now we've got 1300 gate network 1300 mm-hmm. you know worlds we can we can go to and it's not just about the inner and outer planets and 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 how earth and mars are kind of ruling everything and everybody else has their own freedom to do stuff now and yet they still don't um it, it just it, there was it seemed like there were so many stories tied together that it really wasn't cohesive like the first three were to me personally. now do you, do you think that the reason why 4 5 and 6 is not something that gets you as much as one, two, and three is because of the realism that you could see one, two, and three, the things that were happening um, during those three first books possibly, could happen. Possibly. Yeah. Cause that, that was more of a, you know, protomolecule stuff is different and we, that's not something that we have access to obviously. So, yeah. but, but to me, I, I think it was more about the fact that the stories were three self-contained stories that really didn't show themselves how they played into the bigger grand scheme of things until Persepolis Rising came out. Yeah. Because then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And oh, yeah, okay, that works in with this storyline too. And, you know, all those little details of, you know, who the players were, um, you know, on, on the what was the what was the planet in, in book four? Um, Illus? It was Illus, yeah. Yeah. I turned around to Illus because I played uh, Mass Effect and there's a planet okay. called Illus. And, yeah. and, and, and forgive me, my <laughs> pronunciations are all from the audiobook, so I, I'm spoiled by that. I go by yeah. what they say. So, um, But yeah, so so and how that comes back in and plays into the storyline later on just is like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Now it makes more sense and now I can be happier going back and reading mm. those books again. Um, and I'm hoping that 7, 8, and 9 are going to be more of a cohesive story like 1, 2, and 3 were. And I kind of get the feeling yeah. we're going to get that because oh, like I you said, so, Andrea, yeah. they're wrapping yeah. up the storyline, they're wrapping all these loose threads, and we're going to get, you know, hopefully the story that they wanted to tell us from the beginning. And I, and I think that no matter what route they take us, we're going to get a lot of closure. 
it mm. might not be the the happiest of endings and i don't see it being one of the happiest endings um and that's something we'll get to um later on in the podcast but i think that we'll be happy with anything that they give us um so i'm really looking forward to what's to come okay so so set it up for us what what is um where does Persepolis Rising start with it? You know, what was the first thing that got you guys going? Oh, okay, this is kind of where we're going to go. And did it follow a path that you thought the book was going to take? Um, I think when we hit Drummer's chapter was when I, I kind of got the idea of the scope. Um, you know, she lists all these characters that we've met before that were running the union before her. Uh, and she talks about how we're celebrating earth, finally sending things off planet rather than bringing things on planet. And, you know, that kind of was where uh, it hit me that we had skipped so much time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really got me, like that was the first thing that pulled me in. And then the second thing was when we hit, um, you know, sing. And he's talking about empires and the the people that come after us and, um, you know, ruins, how ruins were lasted longer than people because they couldn't, they couldn't, um, follow one ideal. And, uh, that's when I started to realize what we were dealing with here. We were dealing with Martianism on a whole new level, like a, a, galactic or not really a galactic level a universe level rather than a planet level mm-hmm. um empire build and um also it, and then holden's uh holden's stuff was you know where you got started to see what the counterculture was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the 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 mars thing let's stay with that for a minute i mean certainly laconia is basically mars on steroids you know, mars, mars yeah. on steroids absolutely you know it, with it, mars without tunnels yeah, exactly. So it's it's the people that left that ideal in the fact that they felt like they were downtrodden for years and always walked upon. They 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 took half the navy and they went their own way and they didn't let anybody know what was going on and they grew and the hatred grew with them the whole time. And now yeah. they're going back to impose their will. I wouldn't call it a hatred. I would call it a superior. They feel like they okay. are superior. Okay. Um, because, uh, I forget who another character, I can't, I can't remember which character it was, talks about there. It might've been Holden when he was, uh, being interrogated. Um, but they have a, a thought where they act as if what they're doing is helping. They're like, oh, well, we're just doing this because it's better for you. Um, what we want is good for you, yeah. uh, because we are more technologically advanced than you. It's colonialism. It's yeah. it's like yeah. a yeah. it's like universal colonialism. Yeah. And yeah. Holden kind of makes that point later. Yeah, you're right. When you mentioned, and I didn't think of it in those terms because I was thinking of it a little bit differently. But you're absolutely right. It is them coming back to them with, "Hey, we have better ideas, and we are stronger and better and yeah. more advanced." But at the same time, I think there is some of it that is the aspect of, you know, you guys were mean to us for so many years and now we're going to come back and impose our will and show you how much better we are um it may not be hatred maybe that was the wrong word to use but i still think there's some of that that hey we feel we're better than you not because we are and and they are technologically and more advanced but i think there's some of that of yeah we're going to come back and be and do this 
just yeah. because we can, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. Duarte just gives me... Duarte doesn't seem motivated by any sort of bitterness or anything. He seems motivated by the desire to be a god king. Yeah. And yeah. god mm -hmm. kings are... Um, he kind of gives the imposition that he is uh, hard, but, but merciful. Um, obviously, he's not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because of the pen. Um, but... He, he, you know, there's this Paolo when uh, Cortazar is talking to him and he, mm. he's like, oh, you're, you, you want, you, you should uh, argue with me to get this, uh, the serum. Like, I don't know if I'll let you do it, but like, I'd love for you to change my mind. He like, he's imposing, but he's like playing at benevolent God King. Mm. And, you know, because he's so in his head, he's just like. While some people on a smaller scale absolutely would probably show a lot of bitterness and hatred and all that, I think he genuinely thinks he's helping, mm -hmm. and he he wants to fight the bigger thing. He you know when you storm the gates of heaven, which is something he said to Holden, um, yeah. he's he, he's so focused on bringing humanity to an empire, and right. he thinks he's the man who can do it. So he's less motivated by. His personal feelings, he's motivated by the greater good of humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he often sees himself as above everybody else. I mean, I think I know that uh, what you're saying about him and when he has that interaction with Holden and he says, when you fight gods, you storm the heavens. Yeah, That's basically what it is. He sees himself as one being that can control a lot of others. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they they play him out I, I mean, I he straight him. up says only. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he straight up says only one man can live forever or something. Only one yeah. person can mm, have immortality, mm. and he thinks it's going to be him. Yeah, right. He does. So you know, let's expand it a little bit more by talking about what they've done to put themselves in the position they're in. Um, so they they took half the navy and they went through the gate and they went to Laconia and where there was port molecule there. And it was what a shipyard in, in orbit that was uh, you know able to be used and and they've built up a new fleet. And they stole uh, the sample. Yep. Right, but in also, book five, yeah. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Um, but now, you know, they're playing with things that they don't understand. As smart as they think they are, they're playing with things that they don't truly understand. They're, they're learning as they go, and they're hurting people and killing people as they go. Um, you know, we had that brief section of the book where they talk about how they're uh, you know, infecting people with a protomolecule and testing and learning from that. And it's like, wow, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you're saying you're benevolent, but wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you do your job wrong and now you're going to be the next test subject. Um, so, so, so that is an aspect of, of Laconians that is really kind of evil when you, when you come right down to it. But what about the way they're doing this and imposing stuff on the rest of the universe or the rest of the galaxy or, or all the different gate networks and nobody else has any say on it, and we still don't know what the other big bad is out there. There's another big bad lurking. The Destroyers. Right, that yeah. we have no idea anything about. We haven't even talked about them in the book, really. Just the fact that, yeah, they kind of destroyed these guys. And you know, we can't even understand what these guys have done. These guys wiped them out. So yeah. you know, what do you think? we're? Are we, are we going to get more of that in? Oh, yeah. I think okay. so, yeah. I mean, it... Oh, do you want to no, go ahead? ahead. No. <laughs> You're I mean, the guest here. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's implied when they tell you know Holden hears them talking about the mysterious weapon that like knocked everybody out on the mm. other side of the Soul Gate, and Holden goes, "I know what that is," 
and they he talks about Elvia Koye, um, you know, and how she's been studying this old proto molecule tech that we saw on Ilus. Um, and so, you know, he he knows what he knows. It's from the destroyers. I think I forget who calls them the destroyers. Mm. It might be him. Um, it's he knows it's from the destroyers. He knows that it's because they know that somebody is messing with this tech that they thought they wiped out. Um, and, you know, he, he knows it means they're watching and now they're going to come because these guys, it's like one of those, I can't, I'm trying, I try to remember what story it reminds me of um, where, you know, everything was fine until somebody meddled with something that they weren't supposed to. And now the bigger power is like, Oh, we mm. noticed it, and we're we're probably going to come because, you know, we don't know their motivations, but they did take out the builders, and right. the builders, the builders would like as Holden noted before, the builders wiped out gate networks rather than mm. like save them, right? And that's how bad and scary it was that somebody this powerful was A, wiped out, and B, before they were wiped out, so scared that they would rather destroy their own planets than, than fight this thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Holden always seemed to take it as a, like, we shouldn't mess with this stuff. We, You know, if they're watching, we shouldn't get their attention. Meanwhile, I have Duarte, who, you know, is doing it to advance humanity and prepare for this fight. That... We wouldn't poss- probably wouldn't be having if humans hadn't messed with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, well, that's the that's the flaw of the human nature. It's it's that desire to be that h- higher in the pyramid, to be that god complex, and that's not really what we see right. here. Is that we're so used to being in the middle and the center of everything, but they still haven't realized that there's far more mm-hmm. out there in the universe. And then <clears throat> now we get this, and then. Holden, because of everything that he knows, he's almost like in front of the ship getting ready yeah. to, to do I something mean, that he doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah, and not only does he know, we find out that the protomolecule changed his, how his mind works. Mm, yeah. Right. And we don't know where that's going to take us because he, if it did, he hasn't noticed it. Yeah. And it's never showed up on scans before. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm sh- I think he noted having himself checked out after the investigator happened, um, after it died, I think he said he got him, he got everything checked out and he wiped it off. And, Mm -hmm. um, so he didn't know, nobody knew, Mm -hmm. but now Duarte knows that there, something is intricately changed in him. And we don't know what that is. We don't know what that's going to do for him. We don't know what kind of player that's going to make him. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that a lot of people speculated that Duarte might, give him the treatment or a form of the treatment um, because he's going to need him in the coming war or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what would that do to him in addition? So it's like, you know, he's important without having any, like once again, because Naomi's already told us he has no idea he's important. He's oblivious. (laughs) He's oblivious that everyone around him is like, oh my God, it's James Holden. And he's just like, hi, I don't know you. Hi. And like, I mean, that was one of my favorite parts of book five. Every time we walked down the hallway and everyone's like, oh, it's Holden. He's just like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Like, it always made me laugh because Mm -hmm. everyone likes to talk about how self-centered he is and everything. It's like, Holden doesn't care. 
Right. Holden never cared about his fame because that's not what he wanted. He just wanted to live and it happened. But what you know, the fact that he is now like hugely important has no idea is just so Holden. And we know he's going to like probably do something heroic and probably. Well, I mean, he tries and look where he, he that landed him. I mean, right. he and, almost, yeah, he almost so. died yeah. uh, for this. Um, and I don't doubt that he is either going to or yeah. going to get close. Yeah. Um, and that, that's and I why think I think the proto-molecule it. serum is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's going to be very important to hold in story. I don't know how yet, but yeah. I think there's no getting out for, for him, unfortunately. Like, I love the character, but I I don't know how he can possibly make it out of the last book. I, I think he has to well, die Naomi a hero. Would find a way. Yeah. But I think he... I think possibly, for me... Yeah. I think for me, it would just... He needs to die a hero and give him that peace that he made that difference for that universe. Um... I mean, yeah, he I just, to I'd like to, to be see Naomi let that happen. I don't think, Na- like, there was a whole plot point where Naomi told him she wasn't going to let him die, and he didn't. So, mm. you know, Naomi is the smartest person in how many systems? Who knows? Um, yeah, I don't you- want to commit to anything yet, is the thing. <laughs> I don't want to I mean, you really it. think he can live happily ever after at the end of the story? I mean, I don't, I don't yeah, see that. Naomi? I don't think so. I, I don't, I mean, I don't see that being a sad. It's a nice thought. I don't see it being a satisfying ending. Though, wishful unfortunately. thinking. Yeah, yeah, maybe wishful thinking. Yeah, right, right. don't call my desire wishful thinking. Because <laughs> I could call you a pessimist if that's the case. <laughs> no, like, but... I, you know, it's just, I'm saying I personally don't want to decide. Yeah. And that's fine for everybody else. I just don't want to. And part yeah, of that is I mean, because we still have two books. Right. I don't want to mourn my favorite character of all time <laughs> with two books Two left. books before. <laughs> Listen, right, right. I already thought I was going to have to. And that's why I missed a lot of stuff in the book. Because somebody spoiled everyone to the fact that the time the table of contents was out. Mm. And so somebody was like, Holden's chapters stop halfway through the book, everybody. He's probably dead. And, you know, that stressed me out. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that can't be. We have two books left. If he's dead, he's coming back. Right. Like, right. there's no way. And he might. <laughs> I mean, luckily, luckily, that's not what happened. He just, you know, ran right in and got himself caught. He could be um, another Miller. Yeah, yeah. that's why I'm saying that he might just come back alive and he's holding Miller's hand and waving goodbye to Naomi as she flies away. That's awful. awful. You want to call my thinking that Holden could make it through this wishful thinking. That was... (laughs) Oh, we're Um, just teasing you. Yeah, I'm just just saying I don't want to decide yet. Um, I've had a lot of people telling me they wish Holden would die. And I want to sit here in my spiteful chair with all these people who watch the show. Like, man, I wish Holden would die. I'm just like, joke's on you. He's the main character. You had no idea. That was my favorite part of going into season two was like, wait till these guys find out that Miller's not the main character. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is that we're, we're still in the show. We're still trying to get to know him. We, I think yeah. we know a little bit oh, yeah. more about yeah. other characters other than him, but... Yeah. Believe me, I, I know. I just don't like being told that my favorite character is going to die if I have two more books left. Sorry. Yeah. And nobody else Let knows. reality well, okay. settle in. I'm but, you know, just kidding. You know, I'm but, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's good in stories or television series or movies where they don't feel beholden to keep a character around just because 
he's a popular character. I mean, I, I'd rather have yeah. the authors have freedom to do what they need to do for the story. No, I get that, and and it's good. I mean, I, I want to keep Holden around too. I like the character of Holden. Two books, thinking <laughs> that he's going to die. Well, you know, I, I, that was a big change for me in this book. When you think about it, I mean, we had that time jump, and now right away they're talking about let's let's just retire. And I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa yeah, hey, slow down. Part of that because thing. I still didn't, we still have I, two books. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I also I still didn't process that so it was that a, means a, we a long all time knew gap. Something was going to go wrong. Well, yeah, exactly. But you know, I was also not processing that it was like, okay, it was a long time gap. But I don't, it doesn't feel like it because the the voice of the characters are still the same. You know, they're yeah. not acting older. I'm like, how can you retire? It's like, no, you're still in your prime. Yeah. It's like, what? Well, and, I mean, and you keep talking about the aging ship. I'm like. Oh, yeah, it's not state-of-the-art anymore. So, okay, so I mean, his retirement also had less to do with age than it did with him not being able to, like, give a death sentence to a whole colony. Right, right. And that did show a lot about his character. And it, yeah, it, I mean, Naomi made, Naomi had a great scene. Like, he and that scene where, like, Naomi's like, I had, like, eight arguments lined up. He was like, yeah, all right, just yeah. save them. And then she keeps telling him, he's like, no, 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 please, just save them. Just save Like, I thought that was really good because, you know, it shows that... You know, the retirement was not necessarily a we're old. Like, he, right. he says it's part of it because of his parents and Naomi's worried about his health. And, like, fair enough. But for Holden, it was a I cannot just be told by somebody to go out and tell people they're going to die because they did something stupid. Yeah. I mean, he's um, already I seen so much, right? Yeah. Like, give the man a break. Yeah, right. he's had yeah. to do this before, and he's like, I don't want to be at the end of somebody's leash anymore. Yeah, and I mean that's fair. And no, definitely, it, definitely. I mean, it was. I mean, Naomi. I love that Naomi also told him he was basically going to be her stay-at-home boyfriend, which <laughs> was also very funny. Um, what kind of contracts could I get? No, not you, honey. Me, I'm going to work. Oh, <laughs> so I thought that was very funny. Um, but yeah, it was. My, for me, the issue was more the issue with Holden and Bobby. That was less believable for me because of the time jump. How so? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. So that. okay. So it's pretty obvious that Holden is the captain when we start the book. Uh, not once during Bobby's chapter do we have her think, "Man, I don't like how he captains the ship." All of a sudden, the second he says, "Hey, I want you to be captain," all of a sudden it's, "Wow, he was a." He, I don't like how he captained, or like, and I just sat there like, "Wait a second, But we didn't have anything to lead into this. Because we had a 30-year time jump. And so when the conflict came, when all of a sudden she was frustrated, like there was no conflict of, of leadership before he gave mm. her the before he gave her his, you know, sold her his share of the ship. There was no conflict of leadership. You're right. The second and you know, he didn't choose like, yeah, he chose to be part of the resistance, but he didn't choose to like knock her off her thing. Plus you know, she's frustrated that people don't trust her. It's like, well, of course they don't trust you. Like, you know, I obviously Holden should have recognized that there was an issue before Bobby told him. Um, but my frustration with Bobby's storyline in the regards to Holden was that I felt like there wasn't enough given to me to justify her anger and frustration and bitterness with him. Um, okay, I mean, I can see where you're going from uh, where you come from there, but I also think that some of that frustration was the fact that she became captain and then never really became captain. Right, so, but yeah. that was, that I think some of it was her frustration with that aspect, not really with him. And then she's realizing yeah. that, yeah, I'm captain and I'm not really able to do my job. And I'm like, at the same time, she's going, yeah, okay, he really wasn't a good captain. <laughs> 
you know, yeah, well, not, not, not that she had anything against him. It's just she was like, oh yeah, yeah. She should, uh, he should have talked about you know. Um, but she can't like blame him for the feelings. fact that Medina got taken over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right when she was about to become captain, and like, yeah, they put him in charge because they know who he is. And like the second she told him something was wrong, he adjusted, and he said, "Hey." Bobby's going to take point here and he was trying to play peacekeeper instead of being in charge like he the whole reason he got captured was because he yeah. decided to go play peacekeeper instead of take charge he gave charge to Bobby because it was her plan and you know I didn't think it was unreasonable for Amos to accuse her of leaving him behind mm-hmm. um, obviously that wasn't his motivation he was just angry but again for me it just felt relationships didn't you can't jump 30 years and expect me to buy all of this tension that I didn't get any background on is all yeah. I'm saying the, the, the 30 um, year gap that, that hurt me the most of that was the fact that I didn't feel like Clarissa was as much of the crew as she probably would have been after 30 years yeah, yeah. well there's she that was too. still that outsider that was not really part of it that nobody understood her I'm like and after 30 eh, years I don't buy yeah. That. yeah 30 yeah. years you'd be a little more part of the crew yeah. And I mean, I know that her health was part of it, but it still didn't feel another part where it hit me was when Naomi was listing all the reasons that Holden uh, went and sacrificed himself. And we knew about three of them. And then the fourth was one that happened in the 30 years. I'm like, well, at that point, if you're going to list that many and only one that we don't know, you might as well just listed all the ones we know. Mm. If you don't like, I was really frustrated because it was like, you know, they, they talked about uh, Io. She mentioned Io and the Agatha King. She mentioned the ring station. She mentioned something else or that or she went right to like when he went into the cliffs for water for this. And I was like, that just sounds like you threw it in there mm. to yeah. be like, oh, remember, it was 30 years. And like, I love this book and I love Ty and Daniel. Obviously, you know, it was just that particular sentence reminded me how upsetting it was to lose 30 years with these characters mm. because that's a story i might have liked to hear if it's that important that naomi brought it up while she's mourning holden well and i mean you never know if they're gonna release something else that will tie no i don't but yeah, I mean, that's the other a, thing we a short don't story know. or a novella yeah <laughs> right yeah but we don't know exactly and yeah. you know it just when there's that much uncertainty yeah i'm gonna be like mm-hmm Okay, well, that's nice that you mentioned it in a throwaway sentence when Naomi's morning Holden. But I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And it's also- similar to, to what Lou was saying is that we go in and the characters, we hear them ask the characters that we left 30 years ago. There, there doesn't seem to be any kind of growth or development. Yeah. And it would have been nice to see that growth and development because a a lot changes in 30 years. Yeah. You're not the same person that you were 30 years ago. I wouldn't know because I'm not 30, but <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> okay. sorry, Lou. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. But I mean, there's that difference. 10 years ago, five years ago, things change. We change. And I feel like yeah. we should have gotten that change from these characters, not just, not just the growth of other things happening around right. them. Yeah, it, And without yeah. that growth, it felt really weird that, that Bobby becomes a logical choice to be the captain. She's she's the new one. You know, she's, yeah, she's, I mean, she's the newcomer to the crew. 
but like Holden, she's military experience. Yeah, and that's and why Alex it does and work. Alex wouldn't want to be captain. Yeah, exactly. It, the, yeah. the reasons all make perfect sense to me, but at the same time, I'm still trying to deal with the fact that she's the new one. You know, it's like she yeah. hasn't been part of this crew since the beginning. But thirty yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah, thirty years. So like it's it's for, that's another thing. Like you can use the thirty years to defend things as well as disparage things yeah. or criticize yeah. things, and that like that drives me crazy too. Because it's like where the thirty years is a defense. In another sentence, it's it's a it's a criticism. Well, you know, in one respect, that the thirty years makes me really happy about this is, you know, at some point you get all these stories in the. The crew of the Rossi and, 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 the, and the guys we like here are all part of everything that goes on. It's like, well, now you can't be the main subject of every major event that happens in in, yeah. in the galaxy. Yeah. Um, so at this point, the thirty years, things happened without them being involved, which we don't know what they are, but it feels it feels right, you know, that we don't That's have them. That's what they as, have. That's yeah. all they wanted. That's all Holden wanted. That's why he chose not to be union president. Mm. He he said that very thing. He's like, let's just work. Yep. And so and I'm think, glad that they yeah. just worked. I'm glad that happened. And I feel like it, it, it touches upon that realism that, yes, they were the center of a lot of the conflicts in the previous books, but it goes beyond them. Mm-hmm. It, it's not just about them anymore. It's about the bigger picture. And, and we start seeing it a lot more that, um, like, everyone believes that they're doing a version of the right thing. Um, and the justifications are pretty rational, and now we're starting to see everything that happened in the first books happening again. Yeah. That there's this power, and they want to control it. Um, so, I mean, the other thing is that they weren't technically even central to this story, mm-hmm. because technically the central characters to what was happening mm-hmm. to most of our characters were Drummer and Avasarala. So would you say that they were collateral damage? I mean, I guess what was they, happening. Well, there was two major conflicts instead of just one. Like normally what happens is you have all these characters leading to one major conflict. Yeah. This time we had two. Yeah. Because we had the Medina station takeover and we also had the Soul System takeover. Yeah. So it was it was two different storylines in one storyline instead of all the characters meeting up at the end. It was a handful of two handful of characters merging into two groups to lead to the two conflicts at the very end. And that was different. And I thought that was pretty cool because of course it's gonna be you're gonna have a group cut off from the rest and mm-hmm. um Yeah. And, and it yeah. would have been different if they didn't speed up their timetable. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, I think that that was the way we all saw it going was conquer this first, then move on to the soul system and then that was it. But then because they did what they did and because there was the problems with the weapons later on, they got out of sorts too. It was the only chink in their armor because yeah. face it, they were way more advanced than anything, oh, yeah. um, you know, the earth Mars coalition had. And it was like, well, how are we going to stop this? How, how is that? Mm-hmm. How is this going to play out? We're going to be yep. under the rule of a Coney and that's it. And, and now it's really up in the air, which I'm happy about. I, I like yeah. the way they ended this book where, we are almost in the dark about what's going to happen next, and there's not a clear path that I can see, at least. Yeah, and we have one of their ships now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. 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 I also like that uh, they chose to go to Freehold <laughs> after yeah. all. This, yeah. After all this, let's just go to Freehold. I thought that was. And very I mean, funny. everybody's separated now. 
Oh, yeah. And that's, that's the, the thing. The family has broken up. I mean, yeah. Holden is stashed away somewhere. Um, yeah. And then you have Naomi and Alex together. And then you have um, Bobby, Amos, and the other Belters um, in the Freehold. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, uh, like every... I always joke about this with people who read the books. Uh, Holden gets separated from Naomi once every book, except for Babylon's <laughs> Ashes. Except for Babylon's Ashes. And now I know why. Because now she is. he is completely taken away. He's completely yeah. off the table. And... Yep. Um, this is the first time where they've ended with a separation. It's the first time that the separation has not been resolved. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that whole last chapter was a gut punch. It was a very subtle gut punch, but the end was where it got me. Uh, you can ask uh, Andrea. I read it two hours late. I was fine for two hours. We got on Skype to talk about it. I said something about the last sentence. I burst into tears for five full minutes. <laughs> And I was like, man, I was cool until like five seconds ago. But um, <laughs> that was, I mean, it was heavy. Not only with the loss of Holden, because we ended with Naomi. Um, yeah. But, which, you know, that that sucked. That was really, you know, that uh, that bit where, you know, she's looking up into the sky and she wonders if she can see Laconia. That was rough. Yeah. That was yeah. a rough one to read. Yeah. But um, also with uh, the fact that they have to stay in hiding. Um, until the appropriate time, which is like Naomi even says, we don't know. Yeah, we could be here for, for for a long time, and she doesn't even know if she'll see him again. And like that was like the the scope of the time we might have to skip again. Right, just is weighing heavily on my mind, waiting for this next book. Yeah, and it's I mean, you never know what's going to happen between the time where we stop here and then the next book like you imagine 30 years more oh god i hope not no it can't be 30 years no, it's no. gonna be I in this time say, frame and that's it yeah i want to say it's a i want to say it's a max at 10 15 i don't think it's gonna go yeah. no i don't think so because they're um, not i would like to think we're not gonna kill off the rossi crew between books no it, oh, i no, no, think no, we're no, gonna no, be no. in the same kind of time frame yeah. I don't yeah. think it's going to go ten years out even. It's going to be no, no, no. Yeah, I think no, absolutely. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, people are all like speculating. Oh, they did thirty years. I'm like, no, they're not going to do another huge time jump because, like, yeah. you risk having characters, like, especially now that they are, you know, stranded on freehold and probably don't have access to the same amount of medications they all need. Yeah. Because Naomi kind of lists off all of Holden's medications, which is another reason why, I, you know, a lot of people are leaning towards that he's going to get some sort of treatment on Laconia because he does have to take those cancer right. meds. I, I think yeah. he is. Yeah. I mean, well, I think that there have been very um, subtle hints that he will be. Um, and, and I think that the repercussions, we're going to see them through his eyes, not just uh, yeah. Duarte. Because he's a more relatable character for the most part. Yeah. And he's also a character we know when we know his voice. Yeah. So it makes sense to give us a known character struggling with this, and mm -hmm. he's already affected with it. <clears throat> yep. Mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting if it happens. I mean, I, I don't like to speculate. I talked about this on um, when we talked about the Last Jedi like a month and a half ago. I don't speculate. I just wait and cry. Um, <laughs> and I mean, that was hilarious. I, I look back on that and laugh because that was pretty pretty hilarious but 
you know, um, I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I may ponder what, what's going to happen, but I'm not spending a lot of time thinking about. You know, oh what the no, next step me is. neither. I'll, I'll no, because they're the going to surprise me anyway. Yeah, and I hope they do. Exactly. That's, that's the best part of yeah. it. If, it. if it if it's too, you know, easy to figure out, I, I don't want to read it. So. Right. You know, I'll reread this book another two times before that comes out, probably, and and, and enjoy this more, and then get to that that la- that next to the last book. Um, I, we don't have any release date in this, right? There's nothing I can see listed no. anywhere. The last two books have been released in December. Yeah, I'm hoping that doesn't mean this gets pushed out even further. It's supposed to be in 2018, <laughs> um, so we'll see. Um, now, are there any before we? move on is there, is there anything else in, in the book that that we didn't bring up that you guys wanted to discuss um you know i kind of want to talk a little bit more about the um about laconia and the true believer shit and, okay um because i found that you know a lot of people thought it felt repetitive um but oh. we've not had it in the same way i think here's the thing a lot of stuff we've seen has been kind of hinted at in the past, and I'm pretty sure it was to lead us to this point. Um, but like, like, what kind of stuff? You, you, you mean the whole Martian stuff, or? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the fact that we had somebody who was a true believer of something. Mm-hmm. Like we had. Uh, well, I wouldn't necessarily call the Free Navy a bunch of true believers because Marco was a bit of a blowhard. Um, but a lot of people thought it felt reminiscent of you know, the free Navy stuff. But the thing is that these guys are actual true believers. Yeah. These guys are, you know, the Martian like, uh, background, which was, you know, everything we do, we do for Mars. Um, had, but now it's on a scale of, we have new technology. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, you know, we're building for the future, not for us. Like Singh had a whole thing where he talked about that. Everything they did was built, for what was coming, not what they had right now. And I thought that was very important because, you know, Holden calls them a bunch of conquistadors, which I thought was very funny. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I thought it was very interesting that, you know, we had a true, the true beginnings of a, of a Republic kind of, you know, we're doing this for the future. And they talked about the, you know, the, seen time and time again when you know the people die when when the people who begin things die people start to put their messages onto them instead of actually carrying on the message they were given and i mean we see that every day you know we see people say well the four the founding fathers said this mm-hmm. and you know he talks about how we had you know ruins of buildings that you know were built for this uh, on earth but you know the meaning was lost because nobody carried on the meaning and you know it makes me it feels very ominous uh, mm-hmm. to me you know that they they expect you know billions of people to continue on a tradition just because the leader is the same that yeah. they think that that you know he wrote papers on this Duarte and Singh wrote papers on those papers. And the fact that, you know, I mean, obviously we're going to start seeing the breakdown of true believers. Uh, we already saw it with Singh's wife at the very end when she goes to confront Duarte over wh- what happened to her husband. Um, and I think that's also, you know, the hole that Naomi is waiting for. The, the chink in the armor, as it were, like waiting for it to start to break down and get their opening. 
Um, and it's happening a lot sooner than everyone expected because I don't think people understand that this can't work. Yeah. You know, we've seen it not work. We know it doesn't work. And this guy actually thinks that if he becomes a god king, it will work. Like if I, if it's just one leader, it will work. Mm. Like it, it's mind boggling. And the fact that we have true believers of this is also mind boggling, but also it shouldn't be because we've seen it before. There's something that Avasarala says, and she says, I actually read history. It's like reading prophecy. And it, it was beautiful right. that was to good hear one. that yeah. because it, it's, it's so important for us to look at the past so we can learn how to live in the, like, and learn, live today and also learn for the future. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is mistake after mistake. One person trying to be that kind of like know it all and that they're superior to everybody else. And they don't see the faults in that, that it doesn't work like that. You cannot have, again, somebody on top of that pyramid because, it, it it just doesn't work. And I think that that's what you're touching up on, that he just thinks that, it, yes, it will work, and, and that's it. Yeah, Bottom line. He, he uh, I don't remember the exact steps of his paper, but uh, I think Avasarala also talks about it, how, like, he, years before this, when he was still on Mars, wrote about how you can create, like, win a war and create an empire. And that's the steps they use to take down the soul system. Mm -hmm. But just because you win doesn't mean you can hold it. And yeah, there's a difference between winning a battle and in, in, in conquering something and keeping something forever. Yeah, for, yeah. for you know, however long he thinks he can live. Because yep. he doesn't know that this will make him immortal. He just thinks it does. Yeah. I mean, I mean he, he stops sleeping. Like, you know, as, as Cortazar told him, we don't know what this is going to do to you. But he is, he is, like, pretty darn certain it's going to make him immortal. Mm -hmm. And we don't know. You know, he puts a lot of faith in himself, this man. And that's absolutely going to be his downfall. I, I wonder how... It, it, we haven't gotten any of this in the story. H how he's gotten the rest of the Laconians to kind of buy into what he's selling. Um, you know, it, 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 it's kind of like a, a you know, Hitler-esque type thing where he's, he's charismatic. Uh, People yes. are following him and blindly following him. I mean, they're doing yeah. evil experiments with the protomolecule on, on human beings to, to, to yeah. learn what they want to do. They're, they're conquering things for the name of... of, of um, what do they what do they call them in the books? I'm trying. What, what was the title they kept using for him? Oh, the high console. The high console. Yeah, it was like okay. It's like if you don't say it that way, it's like wow. You 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 just said it. No, you didn't put the high console in front of the name. What are you doing? You know, it's like wow. Yeah. And they're brainwashed. And it's like how yeah. do, how do all these people come on board and think this is is right? Yeah. I mean, or, or, or is it that they don't know where the technology came from? They did well, not know you, how you they developed this stuff. You, you did say it. It's that charismatic nature is that mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're wrong. If you're able to be charismatic and talk your way through things, right. that's where you get the people. And especially when people are so desperate to, to actually have something concrete and something to hold on to. If he's giving them that, then, then that's a win for him. 
Yeah. And, right. and I feel like that's where you start to brainwash a lot of people. And it's interesting to see, again, a reflection of things that are happening in our world right now in these books. Well, there's also something very important to remember that they are Martians. And Martians, mm-hmm. yeah. now, uh, what a lot of people don't always remember, it's not because it's not obvious, it's just something you don't think of at the time, is that Martians do things for the greater good of Mars, mm-hmm. essentially. You know, the, the the goal of Mars was to terraform. And so everything you did, everything you chose to do was typically for, it's like Sparta. It's it's absolutely like Sparta, where everything you did was for the good of your nation. Your nation was strong because of that. And so they're, they, all the people that originally colonized uh, Laconia, because like Singh was born there. Um, yeah. All the people that originally colonized were, had this in mind, like, everything we do is for the greater good. Everything is for the people that come after us. We do this for who will live here after us. And so you already have that in your head. And I feel like Winston Duarte took advantage of that. And, you know, he believes it, yes, but I think he's he selfishly believes it. Um, and, you know, so what? what we already, they had hinted at it in book five or six that the issue with the ring gates was is that People were giving up on Mars. And so these, the Martian Navy that left with him was probably grouped, uh, you know, it was, he had convinced them that they were better off finding a new place because Mars could not be terraformed. Mm-hmm. So he took all these people to a planet that's already supporting life. And because he was right, quote unquote, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, he was right about that. So yeah, we should mm. follow him. And he still believes in the Martian way of doing things for the future. And so I think it it was, yeah, it was charismatic, but it was also taking advantage of the Martian ethic, you know, the way Martians always were since they colonized Mars. Mm. It was always for the future, for the terraforming of Mars. And now instead it's for the future, the empire of Laconia. There was a sequence in the book where they were talking about, you know, who the people were in the military that went along with this and, and kind of got it. And I think it was Alex that said, you know, I, I wonder if we would have been taken in by that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember I thought, that. That's a good point. It's a, you know, would you have, you know, it, as, as a lower officer in, in the ranks, you know, you're kind of ingrained to, to do what you're told, you know, and obey the, yeah. the, the commands of your superior officers. And there's that whole thing of not obeying an illegal order, but you know, what is illegal and what's not, and how are you doing things for the greater good? Hey, you know, yeah. if you don't have all the facts, you might think you are. So yeah. that was, that was and very it, interesting It's thought. all about perspective in the end, and, and that's something that yeah. when you have different minds, different thoughts, different uh, planets and people, that perspective is shifted yeah. to whatever they think is right. Right, and I mean, uh, I also was thinking a lot about... Um, Holden, when he first came in, he talks about, you know, how he saw himself when he was a young officer compared to Singh. I was like, I thought it because I was reading it again. I remember Holden's first paragraph was about how he looked back on his time in the military like, you know, a a human looks at a dog who caught a squirrel. And, you know, I thought about that. And then I, I thought back to Singh. You know, how proud he, how he thought he was doing this for Laconia and his daughter. And he was so proud. And, you know, he, he gave in to fear. We find out later he gave in to fear and all that. And it's because, you know, where Holden got kicked out of the Navy because he stood up for something that he knew was wrong instead of, you know, the greater good, you know, uh, Earth Navy thing. 
now I have Singh who like stood, continued to stand under his banner and look where it got him. And I thought that was very interesting. They brought up Holden's military pass and it kind of made me think back like Holden was where he was because he got kicked out of the Navy for, you know, standing up to a superior officer who wanted to shoot on a smuggling ship that happened to be full of people. And then you had Singh who insisted that what he was doing was right. And he imprisoned a bunch of innocent people and then was still killed and punished mm. because he he fudged it up. Right. You know, it, it just it was just seemed, felt like another lesson against, you know, true believing in anything and being able to stand up when something's wrong. You know, he should he he was the one who did something wrong, unfortunately, this time. And he doesn't get to live with that. But unfortunately, his daughter does the one that he yeah. did all of this for. Mm. Well, um, I, before we close out, I, I and I know I said I don't like to speculate before, but there are a few things that I'm. I'm <laughs> we're going to speculate. Inter- well, not we really speculate, but just interested in what we're going to see. Um, right. And I'm not trying to nail down exact things, but I mean, there's a couple big questions that I think are still open for these last two books. Um, I mean, we had talked about Holden. That's one big question we have: what his, <laughs> yeah. his ending is going to be. Um, and, and for me, the rest of my questions really aren't about the crew and where they're going to be and who's doing what it's more about um you know the technology that laconia is developing they're still doing more development so where are they mm-hmm. going with that what's their end goal going to be what do they hope to get out of that um the fact that we're turning on all these you know promo proto molecule artifact stuff that you know is coming alive now and we don't really have any idea what it's doing and what it's sending back to the to the destroyers yeah um, you know, are, are we going to see the destroyers in these last two books? Do you think? Um, I mean, personally, I think that they're such a powerful force. I don't know how you can bring them into the story without them just wiping everything out. In yeah. that's the end of the story. Because um, I don't think you could write a compelling story to say how we would survive that. You know, it almost reminds me, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is far fetched. It almost reminds me of Mass Effect. Yeah, you know what? The whole. I mean, I always got a ton of Mass Effect. Uh, yeah vibes and it was the same thing you had a huge destroying superpower hidden in dark space and nobody believed Shepard when she was like hey they're coming (laughs) right and And it's all about building that resistance before they come and when they're there that's when everything and they built they built upon the weapons of the people's past because every time every cycle the 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 civilization that ended up getting wiped out built more weapons. We don't know if the builders have something hidden somewhere yeah. to prepare for this. I mean, we do know that they had a weapon that can close down, uh, destroy everything on the other side of the gate. We know that. We don't know where it is. It might be on the ring station. I don't remember if that was hinted at, but mm. we know that weapon exists or that that tool exists. We don't, there's 1,300 gates. Mm. There could even still be something on the side of the destroyed gates, which uh, I forget which character, I think it was Drummer, thought about it. Um, She thought about how uncomfortable the empty gates made her. We don't know if there's also something there. We don't know if that's where the destroyers are. Right. Because we don't know where they are. Um, We don't know where they're going to come from. And I, I know that they are going to come. What it feels like is that you know, Bobby and Amos have the gathering storm and 
the Laconians are building weapons and we're pretty certain, like Duarte made it pretty clear. He kind of had an idea that something would be coming. And mm-hmm. Elvie and Fayez, who Fayez appeared in the book, is trying to get money to research the artifacts. And Elvie, Holden told them about Elvie. So Elvie, there's a good chance she'll be found and brought to Laconia as well. Um, she knows more about these artifacts than anybody else. Uh, even more than Holden because she's been studying them for those past 30 years. Mm. So, you know, there's a good chance that Duarte kind of had a suspicion based on the reports that came out of Ilis. And the reason they built these ships is not just for conquering, but for defending. It's for um, yeah. yeah, there's absolutely a chance mm. that he was these ships. I mean, obviously we know that they can't stand up to the weapons, mm-hmm. but uh, there, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that there can't, you know, I mean, you also have a uh, war of the worlds kind of thing. We're not saying mm-hmm. that that's, you know, but they're definitely, he was planning for something like this. I mean, he made it very clear to Holden. He was, yeah. um, and so he, de- they definitely will probably have something. And we still have, you know, who knows how long until the story comes back in, uh, for them to develop stuff. And yeah. there's a very good chance that, they'd be close to ready, but we, you know, and we don't know what Holden could find or Elvie could find, or if they'll find the weapon that can close down gates. We don't know. Um, but I'm sure there is a way to stop them. The question is, will they be able to stop them before humanity is wiped out? Like the builders yeah, were? before time runs out. Yeah. Yep. And again, that it's the preparation or the building of something, not for the present it's for the future and mm-hmm. that's what we're preparing for it's the uh, there's still so much that we don't know there is that black space that we're still trying to figure out and there's again two books it feels like it's not enough <laughs> but hopefully they're able to bring it all close together i don't know i feel like a lot of the technology a lot of what the universe has become it's going to come crashing down again and we're going to start back to to square one maybe or if not then we find or we as if like we were part of the book (laughs) but they find a way to stop this and then they can live and just rinse and repeat right because human nature is just the way it is well i think clearly we are looking forward to the next two books Um, oh yes yeah. The the next one coming out at the end of the year seems like a long way off, but I, I, will, I will not hold my breath, but I will be anxiously awaiting for that. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to get um, season three of the television show to, to, to tide us over. Um, at some point, we should probably do a show sometime about the differences between the books and the TV show and what 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 differences have, have come, where it's branched off and where it's come back together. And that'd be kind of fun to talk yeah. about, too. Um, yeah. Plus, it probably set me straight because I'm always a little bit. Well, that happened? Was that the book or was that you yeah. know? I just want to say because it's haunting me. Oh. I feel like I said LV's last name wrong because all I can think about is Okoye from Black Panther. <laughs> so okay. if I said that wrong, do note, please. I read the books and I apologize. I just sometimes <laughs> get names confused. ADHD is one hell of a drug. <laughs> Nobody will hold it against you. Don't worry Please about that. Please don't. <laughs> My it, nerd cred. I mean, we talked about there's all kinds of different uh, pronunciation between the books. Exactly. The right. audio books <laughs> and what you have in your head. And... how you pronounce Rocinante. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I don't think I've got anything else unless you guys have something you want to add in at the very end here. 
please forgive me. It's my first time <laughs> talking about this for people to listen to. Other than um, I actually want to say something to the people that actually listen to us. Um, I want to know, whoever has read the books, what are your favorite quotes? No. Because I always yes. love taking the feedback of quotes. I want to know why you like it That's and stuff so like that. Hard. So a challenge just to see how many people we get quotes from. Lou, what's your favorite quote? Oh, God, put me on the spot. I don't think I have a favorite quote <laughs> at the moment. And, and you know, it, it's harder for me to because I do the audiobooks. So yeah. I don't, I don't, so if I listen to it a couple of times, I'll hear it like a quote from a movie yeah. almost. Like, oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think right now I don't have a favorite quote, but I think a favorite voice of a character, I mean, it, the way they express themselves is got to be um, Evisarla in, in the yeah. books. I mean, in the audio books, the, the authors that do, the, uh, the, the narrators do a great job with her. Um, both with the accent and the way she says things, just the way she comes off the cuff with the f bombs, it's like, oh, oh my god, that's <laughs> awesome, you know. So uh, I think just her voice tends to ring out the best for me in, in the books. Yeah, Andrea. Well, I, I said one of my favorite, the one about the history and the prophecy. Yeah. And I actually had another one from her, and it's, I'd be a better, it'd be a better world if there was always at least one right answer instead of bucket of fucked. Um, yeah. and that it's, it's, it's interesting one and I really enjoy it. So, um, that's another one that I, it's, it's interesting because yeah, there's never one right answer. So yeah. What about you, Shannon? Shannon? See, there's one, I can't remember the exact quote. Um, oh, so there's, there's two. I have a, the funny one and then a serious one. Uh, everything, ch- uh, everything changes and it doesn't change back was, mm-hmm. is a repeating line that, is very like I, you know, I started to take to heart, and uh, that you know, every time I see it, it just like, because also gives me like it makes me anxious. Yeah. Um, but it, it's come up. Uh, Naomi has probably said it the most because I know she said it a lot to herself in Nemesis games. Um, but Alex has also said it um once or twice. My favorite fun one is uh, also from Nemesis games. There was a button. I pushed it. Oh, yes. (laughs) Jesus Christ, that's really how you go through life, isn't it? Yeah. That was was pretty darn good. Um, And as someone with ADHD, I super appreciated that. Impulse is great. (laughs) Impulse control. Come on. Let's (laughs) control yourself. Listen, would Holden be where he is if it weren't for poor impulse control? Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, I think it does bring us to the end of the episode then. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. This was a lot of fun to talk about the books for once without Chris saying that he can't read. So I'm so <laughs> glad, glad you continued that. that sentence. That was about to sound really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was about to sound really bad. Come on. You should just cut it off with without Chris. And we, it would no, have been fantastic. No, no, that's not where I was going with that. You know that. No, I'm kidding. Um, but we will have him back on. I'm sure we'll do another episode. Um, we'll I imagine... have him back on as if he isn't one of the hosts. <laughs> we'll have him back, I guess. Oh, Tell boy. us in the I, comments I, below if you Chris, want Chris, Chris back. Chris, I didn't mean it that way. I promise you. Um, oh, so, yeah, before the season comes out, I'm sure we'll do another episode is what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine sometime in March we'll do another episode towards the end of March when we get some more news out and we'll be all excited about what's happening. There will probably be a full trailer within the next couple of weeks because this was only a teaser so i imagine so 
I imagine so. So in the meantime, uh, you know, follow us on social media. Um, let's see, our social media on Twitter is, is it Crash Couch or The Crash Couch? The Crash Couch. See, I don't, I don't do Twitter. The I don't do Twitter. One and only. Hey, I'm smart. There you go. Um, <laughs> and where can they follow you guys on uh, online? What are, what are your favorite haunts online? Well, you can find me on Twitter at CatsBears. That's K-A-T-Z-B-E-A-R-Z. And that's me for the Canadians. There she goes. For the Americans. If the Canadians don't know where Z is or the Australians. I feel like I just heard this spiel yesterday. We did. Because I always have to say it. Shannon, where can they find you? Um... So I'm most usually uh, can be found on Twitter at Shank Beezy. Uh, Shank is in Shank and Beezy. Um, but I do also haunt the subreddit with the same username. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter occasionally at just at my name, Luseki, L-O-U-S-E-C-K-I. You can find me probably more often on Instagram, though, under the same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until next time, thanks, everybody.